Hey everyone, welcome back to season two of the Cat Mom podcast. Um, apologies for me being away so long. Um, I think the last episode was um, a little clear that um, I was not in the greatest space. Um, and then I managed to get strep throat three times since November. So I've been a little bit under the weather taking a little bit of a medical leave, trying to get myself back uh, to like a normal human being level, whatever that is. Um, So I apologize for the the wait, but I promise you it will be worth it. Um, This one is going to be a two-parter, so get ready for part two next week and enjoy the episode with Mary and me. Hello and welcome to the Cat Mom Podcast, the podcast where moms support other moms like drunk girls in a bar bathroom. I'm your host, Maggie Samick-Lahaye, and no, I'm not a professional. I'm just a mom trying to do her best. All right, welcome back to uh, the Cat Mom Podcast, the podcast where moms support other moms like drunk girls in a bar bathroom and today I have a very special friend on the podcast who was probably there in my 20s supporting me in a bar bathroom (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) sure was um I have my friend Mary Elizabeth on today hello 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 hi everyone Uh, (laughs) um so we met actually it's funny because um before we were recording today I was listening to the Saltburn soundtrack I don't Mm -hmm. know if you've seen the movie Saltburn yet no no I haven't no oh girl you gotta watch it (laughs) oh it is it is it is good Mm -hmm. it is um I feel like a lot of people on TikTok are kind of freaking out about it because there are some scenes that are a little like um a little bit sexual okay Um, okay but I was talking to my friend Kelsey and I'm like you know what I feel like these little gen z's are just you know they're not they didn't grow up like we did like they didn't (laughs) definitely didn't (laughs) no (laughs) no they didn't watch like the original it at like age seven like you know like I feel like we were just thrust into this world and like we're watching things and seeing things and experiencing things way younger so I feel like it might be a little bit shocking to them but I feel like for me I was just like "Eh, yeah okay that's pretty normal like I just I, I wasn't shocked by it but it is such a beautiful movie and it is um it's set in 2007 which is crazy because that was around the time that we met so the soundtrack is like literally all of the stuff that we were like listening to back in the day. So we had like MGMT, um, Arcade Fire, um, oh, who else is on there? Um, Girls Aloud. Um, so yeah, so it was like um, it's 
it's set in 2007 so it just like brought me back to that time and I feel like it was just such a like a carefree time like I feel like both of us had just um graduated from theater school right yeah 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 and we were in separate theater schools and then somehow we managed to find each other <laughs> at the most glamorous of workplaces. Mr. Green Jeans. Mr. Uh, Green Jeans. Hottest restaurant in town. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, uh, that was, yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, 2007. We were both hostesses at the front. Yep. And I was actually thinking about it too the other day because I, I feel the same way. That was a really carefree time in my life. And like the dramas that ensued at 20 and 21 were so like, I look back on them now, they were so silly, but um, like we just had such a great time working there. It was a good group of people. We all really got along all the like hostesses. We worked really well to, as a team. Yeah. We did a lot of fun things. Like we'd go skating at Nathan Phillips square after like nothing is more fun than skating at like midnight. You get off your shift and you're like, with your friends skating around and then coming over to our house and having really cheap wine. Remember we'd drink <laughs> two oceans wine in my apartment. Oh my God. <laughs> two oceans. Two oceans. And we'd eat like all the food we brought home from work. Cause we were too poor to buy groceries and yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, we were living the life, but yeah. And, and uh, I didn't have a kid at the time, but I had foster cats. Hence how you met Chloe. And yeah, and, uh, yeah I remember we were dating people at the time. We are mm -hmm. you know, no longer with those people. But <laughs> yeah, thank God. I just remember the dramas that ensued around all of that and that stage of our lives. And like, yeah, I think I look back on that and I thought at 2021, I had it all figured out. And uh, I can safely say that was very incorrect. And uh, <laughs> I, had, I had an idea of what I was going to do with my life and all these big things. But um, yeah, it was it was a really fun time. I mean... I think about, do you remember working Black Friday events where it was like the tree lighting, the Black Friday, it was like the busiest day yes. of the year in the Eden Center at Christmas. Yes. For people who don't know, they do the lighting of like the trees out front, they do the window displays, and then there's like big sales before the holidays. And it's just the busiest time to be in a mall, mm -hmm. which now like post COVID, you think about that, I'm like, ew, that's so gross. Like, <laughs> gross. In a tight space. Um, but uh, it was, I just remember so, it was super, super busy all the time during that time of year. And we, yeah, we hit it all. We worked great as a team. It was, uh, it was a fun time. It was, it was yeah. for anybody who isn't from Toronto, like Mr. Green Jeans was like <laughs> the, <laughs> it was like this, like historical rough. I don't even know. Like, I know. <laughs> it was like leftover from the eighties, like, um, restaurant in the bay center so like right downtown yeah eaton center and, yeah, yeah yeah and it um it got like a renov like it used to be very like tricky yeah very yeah like there was like a lot of jungly theme like vines and trees yeah. i remember weird yeah. like almost like honest ed's kind of like this weird mixture of like decor and then yeah. it got renovated. And that's when I started working after it just had been yes. renovated. Yes. It was much nicer. But it's a huge restaurant. It's like two floors. Yeah. But it's like, it's a it's a very, very big uh, space to be like serving in. So, and I just remember the kitchen in the back, like, 
Oh god, they I, they're not there anymore, so I can talk freely. But like the potato chips in the washing machine, I don't know if you remember that. There was a oh my god, yes. They because they had really delicious potato chips was like one of the things on their menu, and but they were made like they were washed in a washing machine, not with soap, but like in an industrial size spinner. <laughs> I just remember seeing that like when I'd walk in and just them scraping chips out of the, the washing machine oh my um, god it was so it was kind of gross when i think about it but i ate a lot of food there i remember we used oh, to hide so much food hide food in the drawers so we could sit and eat and yeah yes we would we would do desserts we would do desserts yes. and hide them in the drawer yeah because we weren't allowed to have food at the front and then yeah. we also had do you remember those like my for some reason we had these like Britney Spears-esque microphones that yes. had like the little things so when we had a bad day we would put them on and we would do the heart circle that she does in her sometimes I run <laughs> video this is what happens when you put a bunch of dancers and performers uh, <laughs> like in a in a in a stressful work environment <laughs> we yeah. start performing in choreography choreography to things while we're stressed out that's absolutely yeah. oh my god and I remember I totally forgot about that the tree lighting ceremony day because I remember there was like one year that it was especially so stressful and I yes. remember at the very end of the day yeah. Ben who is like one of yes. our oh my um, God. yes managers. managers yes just like um somebody was like complaining because everyone wanted a friggin booth in that place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this like huge group of people came in and they were like we want a booth blah 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 and it took so long and they were complaining about everything and like Ben just like lost it on them. He's like, "This day has been horrible because people like you." And then he's like, "Come this way." <laughs> Angry host. <laughs> so, and he probably didn't get fired. <laughs> he was probably like, "Yeah, whatever. You, you can talk to people like that. It's fine." Yeah, hundred um, percent. It was yeah. I remember those days. Where, like we'd have to tell people like it's a two hour wait for a table. They're like two hours, and we're like sorry. Like it's the busiest day of the year. Um. Yeah, I, I have to say, though, like, I if you ever, like, I, I hope my son has an experience at least working in a restaurant at some point in his life to just be super humbled by how hard it is. Like, I oh. never be able to be a server. I was terrible at it. I tried hosting yeah, me too. Do because it just like you just friendly and see people and then you're done with it. Um, But I mean, I have such respect for people who do it. And there was people there at that place who had been like lifelong servers because I think they were oh, unionized. Yeah. So they were like career servers doing it for a long time. Uh, I could not do it. I was just 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 the smiling face, seating the people and then getting out of there because I was horrible at uh, horrible at serving. So I, yeah, yeah. Much oh. respect for people who worked there. Um, I think, yeah, honestly, I think everyone needs to work in retail and everyone yes. needs to work at a restaurant at yeah. some point. Understand because... how hard it sucks to be in customer service, how hard it can be. Oh. Uh, the stuff you have to put up with and yes. how ridiculous people can be to you. Um, 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, and, and like as a host, like I didn't, I didn't, I was just like, oh, this will be an easy job. You, you just host people, you bring them in, whatever, whatever. But yeah. like literally it was the worst because people would come up and they'd be like, hey, I need a table. And you'd be like, it's an hour wait. So they'd yell at you. Yeah. And then you'd go and seat them and it wasn't a booth. So they'd yell at you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then if they had bad service inside, when they came out, they'd yell they at you. At you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really like you're just sitting there being like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. okay. Great. Here, here's a menu. Okay, thank you. Yeah, no, yeah. it is true. You're kind of like on the, you're the taking the brunt of, of grumpy people where you're like, 
I'm sorry. I have absolutely no control over how the back half of this restaurant is run, my friend. I am so sorry, but like, you'll get your potato chips. I promise you, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I just remember like, like, oh God, there's so many, there's so many stories. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to censor myself because I'm like, there's definitely some stories I do not want to, <laughs> people do not need to hear. Um, but like, I, I remember there was one time like a family that got mad that there was a, a you know how the window the windows could look out over this kind of like parkette I guess it was like yeah the big and there was some people who are unhoused that were living there and I remember this one couple asked to move because they didn't want to look at the person there and I was like well I'm sorry you're in Toronto and yeah. this is the reality and like I'm not moving. <laughs> I didn't move though. I was like, sorry, there's no other booths around. Like they were just, you know, you get a variety of people and then you get like really wonderful people, really wonderful customers, return yeah. customers and sweet people. But you get the gamut of like human behavior oh uh, <laughs> when hosting at a downtown restaurant. And that was one of the few restaurants I did work at. I had a very short career in restaurant work because I suck at it. Like oh, I, oof. I can't do it. Oh my God. I cannot, I cannot serve to save my life. I remember one time I was in the bar by myself Mm -hmm. and the the bar was like 30 tables or something. Like it was smaller. It was ridiculous. And I literally just punched in orders and like people just like ran all my food because I could, I literally could not keep up with everything. Yeah. And I remember it was always me and Holly who would get upstairs big parties. So we would have these massive parties that came in. Yep. And we were always on these stupid parties and both of us sucked at it and we hated it so much. Oh, yeah. And we would just pray because there was like, um, there was a built-in tip with big parties. So we would just pray that they didn't see that on the bill and then add a tip on top because like literally (laughs) they were just like the worst. It was just... Oh, so bad. Yeah, those are definitely like a time in my life where I'm like, oh, being 21 was great. But like the anxiety that came with being really shitty at a job is not something that I miss at all. And like, I realize my skill set is like, put me in a crisis. I'm great. Yeah. Ask me for ketchup. I'm the last person you want serving you. Like, do not do not ask me those things. Like, if you're having having a panic attack, I'm your girl. Like, I will help you through that. But if you have asked me for cutlery. I'm, I'm out. I can't yeah. do it. Like, I, don't, I will I forget. I will forget. Or like, I'll feel like that's not an important thing. And I'll just walk away. Like I'm really bad at serving. So my hat's off to anyone who's listening, who is a server and can do that job and do it well. My goodness. Like, Oh my is, God. Uh, oh, it's a lot of work. It is um, a lot of work. And, I re- uh, yeah. I remember having like nightmares for years about like tables, like big tables coming up and being like, we need a table for 20 and being like, yeah, I will move table 50 over here to table yeah. 62 and then see if I can I'll like just oh I had anxiety like yes. I went to another place here in Toronto that this doesn't exist anymore um that used to have a mechanical bull in it um <laughs> yeah and when I worked there I flat out had panic attacks like I did not know what I was doing and I the bar staff's like yelling at you the chef is yelling at you and you're just like oh, I don't know what to do and people are like <laughs> spilling beer on you and people are on a mechanical bull and it's chaotic and I realized like I don't operate well in those environments like no. I, and for years after like when I would think about working there I would shudder because I'm like oh my god that was the most stressful stressful thing I've had to go through and I mean obviously I've gone through a lot of stressful things in my life but to me that's still one of the worst situations I had to go through is working 
uh, in oh. a bar, especially with a mechanical bull. That was that was interesting. It did get shut down because apparently the ceiling was too low, so people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I snorted. People were getting <laughs> thrown off the bowl and like hitting the ceiling. So they had to shut it down for a while until they could fix the the height. Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah. Classic like early 2000s. Yes. Like, just... Yes. Yeah. A lot of a lot of um people doing many substances off the back of toilets in the basement. Um yeah. a lot of beer, a lot of um country girl shake it for me, that song. Um oh. whenever I hear that I shudder because I'm like, oh, it just reminds oh. me of working at that place, <laughs> how horrible oh. it was. So yeah, I never made it past like two months, three months working at a restaurant, unless it was Mr. Green Jeans and I was hosting, then I we lasted a little while. But that was yeah. that was a really good group of people. That made the difference as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, hey guys, you want to know what I love more than anything? Well, I mean, I love my kids, but I love a good online shop. Why? Because I'm lazy. You know what else I really love? When I can go to an online store that literally has everything that I could possibly need. And I am talking about Port Parcel Company. They are an all Canadian company all Canadian brands, and they have amazing stuff on their website. Everything from baby kids clothes, to candles, to jewelry, to home decor, to Barbie t-shirts, which I am absolutely loving. I need to get the Come On Barbie Let's Go Party t-shirt because my son will not stop singing that song. Uh, Port Parcel Company has been really, really great and is offering our listeners 20% off their entire order when you go to portparcel.ca slash thecatmumpodcast. That is portparcel.ca slash thecatmumpodcast. Happy shopping, everybody! Um, did you ever did you ever join us at Dance Cave at Mr. Green Jeans? Oh. That was like it was on Bloor. At, it was at Lee's Palace, which was like I think I'm maybe with Matt and all of them. Like everyone yeah. went out dancing. I think it was mostly like Kirsty and I because it was like very like alternate rock, and we were very into like yes. the alternate rock man. You were um, you were you were at the time. Yes. Oh. It was reflective in your dating. (laughs) Terrible, terrible taste in men. Like, literally, I was just like, do you have tattoos? Do you have, are you in a band? Yeah, are you in a band? Maggie will date you. Are you, did you say musician? Oh, I have a friend for you. Her name's Maggie. (laughs) She will date you. Yeah, like, oh. The boy well, I can't I say had. any better. I was dating an actor. Like, I mean, we oh. went through, went through a phase. You know, no, no beef to any actors out there. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to shit on actors. I was one for many years, but that, uh, yeah, that like young artist, free oh. spirit, can't hold me down. Let me, let me, ex- be, let me speak with anybody because I'm <laughs> not, oh. not in a relationship. No, no, not great. Yeah, the guy, the musician that I was in a relationship with, like obviously very bad like later on but Mm -hmm. literally he was like 
I am going to be homeless after this tour because my, like my place is gone and like my roommate moved in with his girlfriend. So he literally like moved in with me. Like that was the start of our relationship because he was about to be homeless. Like uh, what a great reason to move in with somebody. Yeah. Like <laughs> ladies, these are red flags. Yes. Are- red flags. Yeah. Yeah. Giant red flags. Yeah. I've said it on the podcast before. Do not date a musician. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there are some lovely ones out there, but I have yet to meet them and I have dated a lot of them. I've known a lot of them. I was yeah. in the scene for a very long time and they are few and far in between. Yeah. Oh. Yep. I mean, I was I was dating an actor and also didn't end well. The person was not uh, honest in their relationship with me and they were cheating on me while I was on tour. And, uh, you know, that's... Uh, that was a good harsh lesson for me. So after that, I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good in the acting world. I'm never yeah. going to date somebody I might potentially work with. Uh, one yeah. day. Um, so now I'm with somebody who works as a set carpenter. So, you know, I've upgraded. So that's, you know, clearly I, <laughs> I switched, I switched <laughs> departments. Um, it's always, it is the people that are behind the scenes that are yes. the best ones. Yes. Those are the ones. Those are the those ones. Those are the ones. Mm-hmm. Those are the hard workers. And I remember like when I was, so I worked in theater forever as mm-hmm. I'm sure you did as well. Yep. And like, we were always told like, be nice to everyone because like the lighting person is the most important person. If you're rude to the lighting person, yeah. they are not going to light you well and you're not going to look good on stage. No. And the mic person can cut you off at any time if they want to. Like, oops, they didn't mm-hmm. hear you singing. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it, I love that it's like fear-based, right? Like be nice or else someone's going to make you look terrible. Like that's the, yeah. that's, that's the ammo. Like don't make them, they're going to make you look bad if you're an asshole. Um, but I will say, yeah, like uh, I, I, the 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 musician young artist thing and there'll be friends of mine who listen to this who are actors and they're gonna be like mary why are you shitting on actors i'm like no, i don't i'm not shitting on actors i think there's something just about being young and in the arts and like free-spirited yes. when you're in a certain time in your life and like you know the world is your oyster and you don't want to like feel bogged down or tied down by anything and then you end up dating those people and then you get into a bit of a mess at some point. I think you and I both had fights with our significant others at some point and then came over to the other person's house. I think I rode Mm -hmm. over to your house one night really mad at this person I was dating and like hung out at your little bachelor apartment that you had in the annex. Um, So tiny. Yes. And and I think you did the same at one point. It's like so traumatic, but like, yeah. oh God, that was, yeah, those are oh, weird times. Very oh. weird times. And that was a long time ago. Like, yeah. um, yeah, that, that, yeah. Oh God, I won't even get into that. There's something else that I'm thinking about. I'm like, oh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> uh, they might hear this. I'm going to just, just wish over that. Um, yeah. So I know it's been, it's been wild. It's been a long time. It's been a few years. That's for sure yeah gosh and now we're parents so there you go and now we're, we're parents now we're parents we're cat moms you know we're, we're cat moms yes. um i will just give a shout out to well i just want to give a, i would like to take the credit thank you for it yes there we go hooking you guys up um in a long relationship so that was very long yeah very long relationship um i did think about when you went to pick her up from the humane society that day and they brought out the wrong cat and they, <laughs> they were like here's your kitty cat and you're like that's not the cat i wanted and the guy's like oh no sorry and then he like went back in and got the other one 
Oops. We just we just did all the the vaccinations and they had to like microchip this cat and like, here's your new baby. And you're like, that's not the right cat. That's not it. Shit. Sorry. Um yeah, Chloe. It oh yeah, you were fostering kittens at the time, and I remember you know what? I feel like I probably was having a fight with the musician boyfriend and I probably was like, I need to see some kittens. I need an emotional support kitten. So yeah. Yeah. And then he came over and I had three little black kittens. Those were my first foster case that I got were those three little black kittens. Yeah. They were so cute. They were. And then they, yeah, you took Chloe and the other two got adopted as well. So they went really quickly, which was nice. I, a lot of my foster cases ended up like just getting adopted to my friends, which was awesome. Like uh, I did have a cat though, a mother, a queen mother. Her name was Jada. She was gorgeous, Mm. long, silvery, gray hair, beautiful cat. She had seven kittens in my care. And I was on tour at the time. Uh, I was doing a kid show and I was touring and I think I was like in Woodstock or London, Ontario. And I got a call from my boyfriend at the time being like, your cat just had babies all over my leather jacket. (laughs) 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 And this baby, they did, she did, she gave birth all over this guy's leather coat and uh, all over the couch. And in the line, there's a line in the show that I did that I was playing. It was Charlotte's Web, the show I was doing. And I was playing like a couple of characters. One of them was the goose. And there's a line that says, I have seven new babies. And then I got in the call right before I got on stage that I had seven new babies. So when I went out, I was like, that line hits so deep. I got seven kittens to go home to. This is awesome. But it was chaos. Like my boyfriend at the time was pissed and had to run yeah. up to the vet. They were still in their sack attached to her. Oh. It was just a night. It was like just everywhere as a mess <laughs> so him and his he him and his friend at the time just put them in a box and took them to the vet and the vet had to like perform a bunch of procedures to get them out and they were fine but yeah there's, there's sometimes a little bit of drama when you're fostering but yeah no they were the ones that you like chloe's little litter they they um they went quickly and yeah and then you had her for so many years after i mean yeah I she? For... she was 14 15 16 wow yeah wow. she and she is like the first cat that like really chose me because i was mm-hmm. over at your house and she just like came and like sat in my lap i remember that yeah passed out and then when i left yeah. i like lifted her up and put her on the edge of your couch which yeah. was like far away from the door and I was going to leave and yeah. she woke up and she just ran across the couch like why are you leaving and I was just like this is my cat like this yeah is, this is my cat Sorry. so she, yeah so she was just she was honestly like she was just my little soulmate cat for so long and like we went through so much together and yeah we had her for 16 years and she got to meet all the kids and like we were worried because she was, I mean, she was a little bit of a bit, she was a little bit of a bitch sometimes, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, so we were quite worried when I was pregnant, like how she would be with the kids. And honestly, she was the most patient cat. She yeah. would just sit there, they would do whatever with her and she would just be like, okay, I'm just going to take it. Yeah. And um, yeah, she had, she had diabetes for a little bit at the end. Oh there. no. Oh no, she had diabetes. She had oh, diabetes. So I had to give her shots twice a day. And um, she also went uh, deaf at the end. So she was like, oh. she was like, just scream all the time. 
like oh my god oh. she's like i'm just choosing not to listen to you actually i yeah. can't do it with all of you guys there's too yeah. many of you um, she she had she also I remember she had that little white marking on her forehead um yeah. and she had the best resting bitch face that I've ever seen in a cat so oh she, my god her face said no but her body said please pet me like she yeah she, that she was very sweet yeah. oh my gosh well I'm so glad you guys I was able to connect you and I mean it sounds like she had a fantastic life like she's literally traveled across the country with you yeah. she's you from like dating your toxic musicians to <laughs> becoming a mom of two and yes. like everything in between, you know, which is so cool. And I, I mean, there's something really special about pets and when people, oh. when your pet passes, it's like losing a member of the family. Like they're a big part of your life and yeah, you can't, um, you can't help but feel sad and heartbroken when they leave. Um, you know, I, I have a cat who is four, she's 14, 13 oh. below, and she's incredible. And I'm watching her right now sleep in the curtain of my window. Oh. Um, and like, she's getting up there now. She's doing well, but you know, she's getting up there. And we had a little moment of potential health scare, like a couple months ago, as I was finishing treatment, there was something that popped up for her. And I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot, like the thought of like, if I lose you today, if I lose yeah. you this year, I'm going to be a mess. Like, absolutely not like you're my little buddy I've taken her everywhere I've taken mm -hmm. her on like when I was performing like she'd come and stay with me and billeting at places like random oh. she I used to put her in my bike basket and ride around in Toronto when she was a little kitten like she was like oh. a little sidekick she went everywhere with me mm -hmm. um she had like a little cage that fit in my basket <laughs> that she'd ride around with me and like that was our she was like my little buddy. So yeah, the idea of like losing her and obviously we're getting to the point where she's older and mm -hmm. that time will come at some point. But I was like, just not this year. Okay. I can't yeah. handle it. I've no. had a shit year. So yeah. just don't, don't do this now. <laughs> so yeah. Well, they just came up with a vaccine that apparently like extends cats. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Like they're, um, it helps with like their kidneys or something. So it helps Ooh. them live longer, like possibly like 10 years longer. And I was like, oh, of God. course, this would effing come out like right after Chloe died. Like she was the right cat after. that I was like, you cannot die on me. Like you were yeah. living forever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we have two amazing cats now. We have um, Bob Jones, who's actually at the end of the bed right now. I've seen his photos. Oh. He, don't you say he's got like two brain cells or something? He's yeah, like... he's 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 functioning on uh, like a one healthy brain cell. Um, <laughs> God bless. Like he's just he is the sweetest boy in in the entire world, but he is not a smart boy. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's like I just. He's just so lovable. Like, everyone loves him. Like you, they, everyone who comes over, he's just like another person to touch me. Yes, and... please love me. Oh, I <laughs> yeah. love him. And, and we have got a white one. Yeah, white we have a new white one. Um, a couple of months after Chloe passed, um, there was just like a huge gaping hole in our family, and Ian always wanted a white cat, and mm -hmm. I found one that was a rescue, and yeah, so now we have. Eloise who we don't really call Eloise we just call her Wheezy um, <laughs> and she is just she's a potato she Aww. is she just loves food and um, she will bully Bob like Bob will be eating food and she'll literally like body check him out of the way to get his food and he's just oh like God. okay because he's just like he was <laughs> living with <laughs> Chloe who is just like 
this is my house. Yeah. And like, you can F off. Yeah. <laughs> and she would just like smack him in the face. So he's just like scared of cats now. So he's just like, okay, yep. You want the food? Okay. I'll, yep. I'll just go, I'll go over here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You do need kind of like a dominant and submissive duo. You know, you have yeah. to have the the two, the two counter behavior uh, personalities. I should yeah. say. Oh yeah. man. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it's great that you got Chloe, somebody else too i've thought about that for willow um but i don't know well I, we just never my husband's also super allergic to cats i mean he knows for a package deal he's just been dealing with the allergies for nine years god bless him um uh, i think about like wow he must really like me if he's stuck around with a cat that he's horribly allergic to for Aww. nine years so um yeah but it's uh i know i thought about getting one for a, a little playmate for willow but i don't know if she can handle it i think she likes being singular i think she likes like if she has to share her curtain with anybody she's oh. gonna be mad like i don't know yeah i don't into it might stress her out give her a heart attack yeah. end her life early like i don't want to put any more stress on her so. no <laughs> yeah. i know ian was like when we first started dating he was like i am a dog person he's like i don't like cats and like honestly we'll change that <laughs> him and him and chloe i think we're probably closer than chloe and i by the end like they just had such a love story like i would just come in and like they would always be snuggling together he has like a full photo album of just the two of them like snuggling (laughs) (laughs) it's it's like when you look back you're like is he cheating on me and you open up his like camera roll it's just the cat and he's like oh okay never mind yeah I'm suspicious of you. And it's like, yeah. oh, it's just Chloe. Never. It's just Chloe. Yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> Chloe. <laughs> That's so cute. Oh, yeah. I know. I mean, you got to convert them. Like, Gort, my partner, he knew, he knew we were a package deal. Um, I made that very clear from the start and uh, he, he put up with it. So he's, he said yes. And I think he, he really does like her. He will say he likes her. He just can't really touch her because, yeah. He gets itchy and then we have rules she doesn't go on the couch stuff like that but um she's got other places she can lay in the house and she's fine with that but yeah like they they have like a a distance love relationship you know she doesn't bug him she's not noisy <laughs> he likes that so um but yeah it's uh cat love it's the best so speaking of cat babies mm-hmm. um you have a baby which is, I do which is why you're on the podcast yeah <laughs> I have a cat baby uh, and a human baby. Uh, I mean, my baby is not a baby. He's actually going to turn five tomorrow. When this, I don't know when this <gasps> is going to come out, but um, right now it's January 10th and he's going to be five tomorrow. So. Shut up. When did yeah. that happen? I don't know. You know what? It's been wild. I was thinking of the last few days, just about like the last five years and how much has happened. <laughs> like yeah. it actually just... I, I can't believe he's, you know, he's in junior kindergarten and he's loving it and he uh, he's doing great. Like, I mean, this kid is he's just a wonderful I mean, he's such a he's such an extrovert. He's a very social, loud, like extroverted kid. He loves people. Oh, no. um, he loves like socializing. He wants to be where the party's at. Like he has FOMO if he's not in and around the things that are going on. Um, and he's just such a social, like such a joy and such a like happy energy to be around. I mean, he tests my patience. Don't get me wrong. I'm mm-hmm. not going <laughs> to be honest. Like he's, he's still dealing with a five-year-old, but he's incredible. And I, I'm just so 
the last five years have been so wild. And when I like, and I'll even say just like a summary of the last five years has been, I couldn't, I guess I'm trying to say is like, I could never have predicted what we would have gone through in the last few years. And I'm just so glad we do have him. And, and he's been such a bright light amongst so many dark, horrible moments. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm like, so grateful I have him. And I actually thought about this yesterday was like, the minute they put him into my arms, I could never have predicted what the next five years would be. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think about if I didn't have him, like it was definitely not easy this, this last few years, but if I didn't have him, I don't know. I don't know where I would be mentally. I don't know like where my life would be or what it would look like. And so, and he came at a time when I was transitioning from, you know, making art and theater and acting my primary thing to working more in mental health. I mean, I've always worked in disability support on the side and and working in, the social service sector area um, and support, but I was kind of transitioning and and then I had him and then like my life just take, took a complete different trajectory after we had him. So yeah, so it's been five years and uh, I realized like I had him in 2019, was on mat leave for a year, went back to work for two weeks, had the pandemic hit and shut down. So I stayed home with him for an additional two years. I went back to work for just about a year then, and uh, then I got cancer. So <laughs> um, it's been a wild five years. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And in that pandemic time, I mean, so much stuff happened. Like, I, I almost forget some of the things that have happened because there were so many things that just were like wildlife events. And like, I feel like I couldn't even make this stuff up. You know, it sounds like something out of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and and so the other day I was like thinking about, I was like, what was the longest stretch of work I've done in the last five years? And I think maybe, <laughs> maybe eight months to a year of work. I actually was working six months to the day from, I was starting this new contract and six months to the day I was working and then I got my diagnosis. Like, I don't think I've done like more than a year of work without something major happening, like a pandemic or cancer or having a child or yeah like it's been wild so but yeah no he's he's gonna be five and we're gonna celebrate hopefully we have some snow on the weekend because he's doing a sledding birthday party so oh yeah with his buddies so hopefully hopefully there's snow because right now all i see is rain so we'll see fingers crossed (laughs) fingers crossed Mm -hmm. um what was i gonna say i was gonna say something um baby pandemic oh oh mental health so what are yeah. so what are you uh what were you uh, what were you doing in mental health yeah so I um was where I would gone back to school to do some like counseling a uh, counseling fundamental certificate at George Brown at the time when I was pregnant with my son um and I so I'd always been like, as an actor, you always have a secondary job. And so I was, other than Mr. Green Jeans, uh, I was <laughs> I was also working in disability support. Uh, I worked predominantly with um, people with autism. Um, I worked the gamut of different jobs. You know, I did instructional therapy, I managed respite programs, lots of different places. I wanted to work more in mental health counseling support directly. So I went back, did some training, had my son went on mat leave. And then I started um, 
before the pandemic, I was actually working at a family counseling clinic doing um, drama, working with kids who were at the counseling clinic, like, but doing drama classes. Um, And then I, I turned my business into coaching. So I had done coaching for new parents and support work for um, postpartum parent care and resources. And then I um, continue to work doing coaching and counseling with um, kids with neurodivergency um, as well. And those were kind of the two populations I was really working with. Um, And then um, I decided uh, last year that I really wanted to go back to school again, because, you know, let's not, let's do more school. Uh, (laughs) um, Because I wanted to get my RP, um, which is for those listening, it's to become a psychotherapist. So I wanted to do, I found a program and I applied and I ended up getting in for, it's called expressive arts therapy, psychotherapy. And here in Ontario, the CRPO, which is like the governing college for psychotherapists, uh, it's recognized through them. And it's really a combination of art therapy and psychotherapy together. So with my background in arts and my love of like mental health work, I was like, this is perfect. I'm going to do that. So that was supposed to be this past September that I started. Obviously, things have changed, so I had to defer. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I was I was doing mostly coaching, counseling, family support, um, and working with with kids and teenagers. I actually really like working with teenagers. I know that's a population not everybody likes. Um, and yeah, so I was working, and then I was also doing um, at the time, like this past year, not this. Well, yeah, I guess up until April, I was doing disability support again. So I was just working with clients here in Ontario, something called passport funding. So Mm -hmm. clients receive that funding. um, They can get services like having workers and support staff come in. So I go in and I was working with adults at this point uh, with autism who lived independently. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was working with them and then I was working at the clinic Um, and I was trying to figure out how I was like, as an artist, I kind of had stepped away from that stuff. So it made me feel really sad that I wasn't doing anything creative. So when this program came about, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like I can really incorporate my art through this work and also get registered and all this. Yeah. So, sorry, that was like a big, long winded answer, but yeah, those were the, that was the main thing I was doing mental health, coaching, counseling, and um, direct support work. I love that so much. Like that's, and you know what's funny is I like I don't work directly in mental health, but I do administration mm-hmm. for mental health. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how our paths are sort of like very kind of similar. I know. Honestly, there are so many people I know in my life who like we have parallel jobs, but we all started in the arts. And it's just yeah. like we all keep now we're all in mental health. Like we're all yeah. kind of- uh what What, what, how did this happen yeah I think there's something to be said about like I don't know human behavior people I find people interesting and fascinating and and I'm I also know what it's like to feel super alone and isolated Mm -hmm. in my own mental health journey so I don't want people to feel that so I think I have compassion and empathy for people and I love you know people with neurodivergency I think it's really um I love that population. I just have always been so drawn to working with people who see the world sometimes in a much cooler view, (laughs) in my opinion, or sometimes look at the box or look at things in a really unique way. And I really love that. Um, Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, So yeah, it's been really, I really love it. And I really love working with that population as well. Because I mean, my mental health 
issues are are a plenty. I'm just mm-hmm. you know collecting uh, diagnoses at this point. Uh, <laughs> Throwing those in your back pocket. Yeah, lots. Yeah, lots Pokemon. Catch them all. Like <laughs> <My> Pokemon. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, hearing you talk about like the neurodiverse, um, population, that's also something that I've been thinking about maybe getting into because, um, my son Jackson was diagnosed Mm -hmm. with autism. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, like every kid that I meet with autism, they're just such special people. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. They do see the world. It's like one of my friends was saying, it's like, they're like a higher frequency than all of us. Like we're also here. They're above and they can sense stuff that like we can't. Oh, 100%. Yes. And they just see things in a different way. And I just, I just love it. Like, I just love working, um, not working, but like being with my son, seeing all his like friends that are also autistic um so yeah that's definitely something that I'm interested in Mm -hmm. pursuing especially like support around um when you're freshly diagnosed like I feel like that's a big big thing big thing and like there's not a ton I don't know if like in Ontario it's different but I feel like in BC they're kind of like okay so here's your diagnosis and um you'll get your funding. Uh, We had like a zoom call that explained like how to get funding. And then it's kind of like, you're just sort of left on your own. Yeah. Like find, find the supports yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like like, on the wait list for a million things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I have um, some of the clients that I've worked with have like, I've also worked with their parents just talking about, you know, talking about exactly that newly being newly diagnosed. And um, there's a lot of feelings that come along with that. Right. Um, it's quite complex and everyone feels differently about uh, those situations. Um, and you're right. There's there, I will say Ontario has supports. Um, there are places here um, of actually quite a few places. Well, no, I should say quite a few, like there are places here that um, offer those supports to the caregivers. Um, now I haven't like sat in on a lot of those programs, but, um, I've heard, you know, they, they can offer resources and supports. I think like there, there, you could, you could set up a whole program alone just for the caregivers and siblings and like parents mm-hmm. of people with, with, um, with autism or with like within the, you know, a disability community, um, burnout is a huge thing for caregivers. Um, and I've had some ideas around, you know, as somebody also who's experienced burnout many times, like, yeah. we do a workshop on this, like caring for the caregiver, like what's, what do we, um, you know, that's a big thing, taking care of yourself as well as the parent, um, because it's, it's a journey for the, the child, but it's a journey for you as well. And there's lots of different ways to approach autism and how you want to, you know, look at it or investigate it and you have all these choices it can be very overwhelming it's incredibly totally. overwhelming also there's a such a long wait list for services it's just yeah bonkers i'm sure like obviously you know i don't know what it's like in victoria but like toronto there's like a six month wait list for everything you know? yeah yeah um so uh yeah but there are there are a lot of services here but it's also very hard to because apparently like well which services should we go with what do we need exactly what can we afford what's covered you know because though funding is there funding doesn't cover everything right like it's not it's not they're not giving you thousands and thousands of dollars every month um 
And so that stuff isn't, it's not cheap. Um, so there's all these things to, to consider, but I, I will say with my experience with autism, like there's that saying, if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. And mm -hmm. I, I do think it's very true. Everyone's super unique. You can't put people into, um, you know, categories or stereotypes. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, also, I I will completely agree with you what you were saying about like a higher frequency. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't know what you want to call it. I don't know. You know, there might be people listening, rolling their eyes, going like, what are you talking about? But in my 17 years of working with individuals with autism, um, if I come into work not energetically feeling present and ready to go with my client, it's going to show. It's yeah. going to show up and they're going to pick up on it and I'm going to have to deal with the consequences of that. Um for myself or maybe my client, like it throws off my client, um, you know, or I mean, it's, it's kind of wild to me that the tele telepathic, <laughs> energetic, so whatever you want to call it level of dealing with like that, that relationship that you build with your client. Um, I have had clients um, pick up on things and I have not said anything and I've walked in and they're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, God, oh, no. And I'm like, obviously, got to keep it professional, right? So I'm like, oh, don't worry, you know. Blah, blah. Uh, or they, yeah. they sense something is up before you yeah. get it. And that's quite a quite a thing. And a lot of my clients who are nonverbal, mm -hmm. um, those clients, like some of my clients, uh, I've had experiences where, like, there's just this moment where you may not be verbalizing what's going on, but you feel, you can both feel something. And like, there's this like next level frequency that, <laughs> that sometimes they operate on. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's wild. It's very wild. So I always say to people who are new to support work, like check yourself before you go in with a client, like check, check in on yourself. How are you mm -hmm. feeling? You know, um, and if you had a bad day or you're carrying something, you can say to your client, hey, I'm having a really hard time today. Just want to let you know, like I'm a little tired or something like you can verbalize that. So they're not taking it on thinking it might be them. Um, totally. Um, but yeah, no, there's I have so many stories of like times where my clients have done or said things to me that are like, how did you know that? Like I haven't said yeah. anything. I just walked in <laughs> or I noticed their behavior is off. And it's because there's something I'm like, I'm bringing some like, yeah, there's, there's definitely a, a non um, visible level of, of stuff going on that you, that you interact with when you're with that population or that you're dealing with with that population. So yeah, totally. I think it's like a neurodiverse thing too. Cause I mean, I have ADHD, you have ADHD. Yeah. I, I find myself very intuitive and yes. also very empathic and you are very intuitive. Yeah. And very empathic. Yeah. And um, like, I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but before I left to move to BC, you mm -hmm. said to me, you were like, you're going to find your person in BC when yes. you move. <laughs> and you were spot on. I was. Yeah. You were spot on. <laughs> oh, man, I'm good. No, I'm kidding. I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> um. Well, we knew it wasn't going to be the musician in Toronto because oh, God, God. I, no thanks. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, girl, that's not a special skill. That's just pure <laughs> observation. <laughs> <That's> just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're like, you are going to find a man who is not a musician. Not a musician. You are going to marry him. Yes, exactly. Um, No, well, yeah, it's funny. I I was hanging out with a friend yesterday who was talking to me about my intuition. And I was like, oh, I guess this is a thing uh, for me. Uh, And I can tell you, even with this past year, I was dead on with everything. Um, Yeah call it what you want, you know, intuition, woo woo, sixth sense, guts feeling. Mm-hmm. I knew when I was going through my doctor stuff right away, what it was, where it was, how much, what level, all of it, just gut feeling had. A, and I even said it out loud to people because I wanted to, <laughs> I was like, I'm making this known. And I was right. I was right about all of it. So that was yeah. pretty wild. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's kind of also maybe with neurodivergency, you just are very observant in patterns and people. Mm-hmm. And there's things that you pick up on that you, other people don't subtleties, you know? Yep. Um, and I, I say that, but then when like in my own family with my my husband and my kid, I'm like, oh, what's wrong with you guys? Like, and I'm, yeah. like, I'm totally not observant because I'm, you know, I don't have that. Like I turn that part of my brain off when I'm at home. Yeah. And I'm like, I should be a little bit more observant with my own family explaining why they aren't doing the things they're doing. Um, but yeah, no, I know there's, that's so funny. You said that, that you're the second person this week who's like given me a story where I said something to somebody <laughs> that it was right about it. And I was like, awesome. Good job, Mary. <laughs> Go me. Um, and yeah. so you out, you found your guy and life is great. You know, you've, yeah. got, kid, you've got kids and your cats, you know, so yeah. You're and welcome, I'm literally welcome, you know, no, yeah. <laughs> and I'm literally looking across the room. I lit a candle before we started and mm-hmm. it's literally the candle says you're intuitive. Yeah. See, <laughs> You got those vibes going. You got Got those vibes going, those intuitive vibes. Yeah. I'm looking at uh, a squishy um, sensory toy that my kid left on the floor that's in the shape of a cheese. So that's not not as amazing. Not that nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that's so so wonderful. I'm glad I said that to you. And uh, I'm glad I, you know, that's, that's so beautiful. I love that. But yeah, the neurodivergency stuff, it's, it's wild. It's uh, like with neurodivergency, like it's just, it's, I believe a part of our evolution there, there's such great gifts and skill sets that come with it that we can really thrive off of. But there's also a lot of challenges. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to underplay that it isn't difficult for people. Uh, a lot of my clients struggle with lots of day-to-day things that, that are hard for them. Um, but then they're also really wonderful and talented in so many other ways where they have mm-hmm. a beautiful sense of honesty or or observation so I really love that and um I'm I've always been so fascinated by individuals who uh I guess you know don't fit I use and I'm quoting I'm doing air quotes here the norm I mean none mm-hmm. of us are yeah exactly <laughs> I feel like, I don't, normal yeah like I don't I don't feel I don't feel normal I'm not normal no. I mean I was there is no normal um I I was I was identified when I was in grade seven and I was kind of chuckling to all these late stage diagnosis people because uh, like <laughs> I saw something online that was like, wouldn't it be awesome if we had known this when we were 12? And I was like, no, trust me. Because <laughs> <It wouldn't have laughs> <been. laughs> as somebody I got labeled later on, like in my 20s and 30s with dyslexia and ADHD, but I was identified in grade seven. I was like, listen, guys, it sounds like it would have been great back then, but it was super embarrassing. OK, we had to go to a lot of resource classes you know, we were like treated differently. <laughs> it was not fun. And I did not enjoy that part of my childhood. It was very um, um, 
very uh put a big dent into my self-esteem so yeah um, when I saw this thing online where someone was like it would have been awesome to have known this when I was 12 I'm like listen I did know when I was 12 and it sucked so it was I felt very different you know which was yeah and like I yeah I think there's definitely because I mean I was diagnosed last year the year before Mm -hmm. and there were definitely like there are things that I wish that I had been diagnosed a little bit earlier just Mm -hmm. because for so much of my life I was just like why can't I be a functioning adult like Mm -hmm. why am I forgetting doctor's appointments why can I never find anything like I'm losing stuff constantly and I just like beat myself up so much because I was like everyone else is doing good Mm -hmm. and I'm like the only one here who's like fucking struggling Mm -hmm. um and so once I got my diagnosis I was like okay I can be gentler on myself because it's yeah. just how my brain works. Mm-hmm. But then put it in the 90s and I get where you're coming from. Yeah, because totally. any, anything in like the 90s that was like different. Yeah. It was terrible. Like yeah. anything, anything in the 90s that you're like somewhat different, terrible. Yeah, um, absolutely. Like you, like you wore glasses, you were made fun of. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, but I can't see. And they're like, yeah, yeah glasses. And you're like, oh my God, that's, you look back and you're like, that's awful. I mean, we're, I feel like uh, the younger generation of kids are way more inclusive now than totally. we are. Like I'm always shocked at like the maturity of kids that walk through my door when I'm at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but like, that was not my experience. Absolutely. If anything, I just wanted to blend in. I wanted to be like everybody else. I didn't want to be unique. I didn't want to have anything special about me. I just wanted to be average. Um, I didn't like going to miss classes because I had to go to the resource room and work on things. And I didn't like having to do my exams in other rooms, like separate from my friends and go to a, (laughs) they still have this class called learning strategies here in Ontario. I don't know if they have it in BC, but I hated learning strategies. Like (laughs) I don't want it. And when my clients come to me and they're like, I'm in learning strategy. I'm like, Oh, I hate it. And they're like, I hate it. Oh my God. It's the worst. Cause it's like, it's a class where you like learn to organize a binder. Like, okay. (laughs) And I mean, there's other things you learn in it, but like, I didn't take any of that stuff with me as an adult. Like I didn't care. I learned an acronym called SCUBA. What is it for? I have nothing. I no idea. I can't remember. Something about a binder being organized. And I don't remember. And like, so it just made me feel embarrassed and very like segregated from my friends. Cause I had to go do these classes that like made me feel like I was dumb. And I really mm-hmm. wrestled with that for a long, long time, for many years, into my 30s, I would say, um, wrestling with the idea of feeling different and stupid and, like, not smart, which now I realize, like, intelligence can be varied and different and, like, is not necessarily being good at math. Um, You can be great at math and really horrible at emotional intelligence, you know? You can... Exactly. There's lots of variations of intelligence. Uh, and, And... breaking that myth down but it took me being older to understand that and that's something I talk a lot with my clients about you know I hear a lot of like I feel stupid I feel dumb and then we're like well what's like what does that look like for what do you, when, when you say that what does that mean and sometimes mm-hmm. it's because they're not doing well in school um and that's uh that's like a myth I try to break down that idea of like you can be incredibly intelligent and not be great at school there's the, yeah. there's always a big difference yeah. um I would say my intelligence is high on the EQ, maybe low on, don't ask me how to, I don't know, don't ask me about bed mass. Like if my kid comes to me and is like, mom, I have 
a math equation. I'm just gonna be like Mm-mm. hiring a tutor. I don't know what to do for you. I'm sorry. Again, yes. put me in a crisis mode. I'm great. A hundred percent. My taxes. Don't know what I'm doing. Like, don't, don't know what I'm doing. Absolutely. Over not. to somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I am fantastic in a crisis. Like yes. when COVID started, I was like the most calm person because yeah. I was just like, I have been preparing my entire life for this. <laughs> the I'm ready. Is flowing. I'm ready to go. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> let's do let's get our groceries and let's put on our masks and we will hunker down yeah and Ian was just like so anxious and he's like so this is what you feel like every day and I was like yeah Mm -hmm. this is what I feel like every single day I'm in survival mode yeah and now that like survivals come I'm like okay this is where I'm comfortable yeah I know yeah I I'm the same like I'm suddenly calmer now that the the crisis has hit and like okay yeah it's it's the anticipating of the crisis that makes you anxious but once you're in the crisis you're like I'm actually good this is fine yep no the the same same thing I I'm I I think though I do tend to get like an adrenaline dump after so that is something Mm -hmm. I watch for where like a week or two later, something will hit me and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. Like yeah. I'm still recovering from the year 2021 in my head because that was such an extreme year with so many crises that I I was I'm I'm still processing what that year was all about. And I yeah, it was one thing after the other. And I was like, oh my God. Like uh, even for me, I was like, okay, this is a lot. Like I'm I'm tired by the end of that year. I was I was really, really zonked. Um, but I I know that feeling of that, that anxiety leading up to, or being anxious in the calm every day. And then when the crisis hits, you're like, this is, yeah. It's like your brain kind of goes into a weird mode. I don't know. I, I get very yeah. hyper-focused on something. Mm-hmm. Um, I always said like, if I wasn't an actor, or this sounds so, if I wasn't an actor, if I didn't, <laughs> if I didn't do performing, you know, like obnoxiously, if I wasn't performing or working where I'm working now, I think I would be like a nurse or an emergency room, something with like high adrenaline. Yeah. I, I, I love, like, this is going to sound weird. And I've spent a lot of time in a hospital in the last nine months, but I love, like, I I loved like whenever I had to go to a hospital for something for somebody, I was like, not excited, but like, Oh, let's go. Like, (laughs) this sounds bad, but like, I was like very on on like uh, like I used to have a roommate I had to constantly take them to the hospital and I was like in activation mode like this is great like let's go let's go and it was like adrenaline <laughs> I was like this is yeah weird. and I like those environments I don't know you know what that's so funny because I am the exact same way like mm-hmm. I there was a time where I did not like hospitals for a very long time but that was because of a traumatic event mm-hmm. but now I'm like I don't know. The hospital feels very comfortable to me. And I love watching like medical shows. Like I used to always watch ER Mm -hmm. um, and like Grey's Anatomy and stuff because I, I found comfort in that like crazed chaos. Yeah. In that chaos where they're like trying to figure stuff out and they're trying to like, you know, brainstorm and like, what could it be? What could it be? And I'm like, just calm, (laughs) you know, like it's interesting. That's so interesting. I know. You know, And you know what? I actually looked up recently, like, what are good jobs for people with ADHD? And it is, it's acting, yeah. it's nursing, See. it's um, counseling, mm-hmm. um, I forget the other ones that you said, but yeah, it's like all, very like, like things where you have to use your brain and it's like very like crises Mom. that you can, yeah, that you right. can like 
get into it. Yeah, honestly, it's, 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 uh, I think there's something to be said about, you know, if like for those with, with ADHD, there, there are, there are skill sets that you have that can definitely work to your benefit. <laughs> and, um, um, uh, yeah, it's the hospital thing has always been a, you would think like a hospital is not a fun and it's not a fun place to hang out no. when you're sick. I mean, I have literally been there a lot, uh, and still continue to be at my hospital a lot, but I also love the nurses. Like I love the staff. Yes. I love talking to people. I'm very chatty when I'm there. <laughs> like I, um, like if you're going to draw anyone's blood, like you want me, cause I will just talk you up and down while I'm like getting my blood drawn. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fast paced environment. There is no, like, there's a system to how things go, but things can change so quickly within that system. I think there's like mm -hmm. a structure, but also, uh, you never know what's coming at you, right? Like you have, yeah. you have the skills to handle things, but you don't know what's coming through the door, which I think is kind of exciting too. <laughs> yeah, totally. Watch us both become like nurses. And what, well, we're <laughs> suddenly going into nursing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I honestly, people are probably listening to this being like, are you like, somebody's listening as a nurse and they're like, that is not actually what it is, guys. It's awful. Stop talking about it. Like, like, we're just glamorizing it in our heads. Like, yeah. you know, like everyone's working with like George Clooney, right? Like that's yeah. how it works. everyone, everyone looks like they're from Grey's Anatomy. Uh, we make fun of my friend Kelsey because she went into nursing school and she's like, I lasted. She's also ADHD. Actually, this is funny. She's like, she lasted just for like, I think like a semester. And all she really learned about was like how to get impacted poop out. Ooh, so we're lovely. always like, if we're like constipated. We're like, Kelsey. She's got and one semester under her belt. So she's going to give you the medical advice. She's yeah. Uh, oh my god that's so funny oh that's so good oh. uh, no wait can we pause for a sec yeah do you want to um do you want to do like a pee break and then yes. we can come back yes do you want to okay. do do you have to send me another link or yeah what? i'll send you another link and okay. uh and we can go pee okay let me pee okay <laughs> okay okay bye bye, bye. This has been the Cat Mum Podcast, and I have been your host, Maggie Samiklahey. Until next time, let's keep supporting other mums like drunk girls in a bar bathroom.